0: Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message.
1: We're excited to have you with us. I'm excited, guys, to literally be able to simulcast this message to all these campuses at the same time. And I love this series, God, dot, 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 because we're just talking about all these incredible things God does. So in lesson one, we talked about how God promotes. Lesson two, how God heals. Lesson three, how God leads us to freedom. And this week, we're going to talk about this incredible truth that God intervenes in our lives. And he is just absolutely an amazing God. And I want to open up with a story. This happened many years ago. And stories like this, I wait a long time uh, to ever share them. But I was at a funeral It was for a high school student who died in a car accident, and they were intoxicated. And I was not doing the funeral. I was just associated with the family, so I went. And the pastor did this incredible job. It was a really cool, great pastor. But then at one point in the message, he said that God used that accident to take this young man home. And then he quoted Romans 8, 28, and yet he misquoted it. And he said something like this that God causes everything and he'll bring good out of it. And I was sitting there, my stomach was kind of turning in knots because I thought, those parents are hurting like crazy. Uh, The relatives are hurting, the students and the friends that were there are hurting, and they're kind of misrepresenting God. And this message today is all about you and I understanding where God is, understanding who's doing the bad, who's doing the good, and I think that's really important that we come to understand that. So here's my big idea, guys. I'm really excited about this big idea. This is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly, better than you ever have. And it goes like this. God works outside the lines to realign our lives. We know what happens when our cars get out of alignment, right? Uh, We feel if we let go of the wheel, it pulls to the right, pulls to the left. So we take it in, we have the tires balanced, we have them put it on the machine and realign it. And then when we're driving, we could take our hand off for a second, car keeps going straight. Our lives get out of alignment a lot and all kinds of different problems and different things happen in our life. And we end up over in a ditch on this side, ditch on that side, oftentimes we have nothing to do with it. It's just the crazy world that we live in, right? And here's what I mean by the first part of this big idea. God works outside the lines. God is supernatural, and God can supersede even the laws of nature. And that's really important for us to understand. And he's your friend. He wants to work outside the lines. So um, my grandson Joey's nine, and Riley just turned seven. But when Joey was eight and Riley was six, I was playing tic-tac-toe with him probably six months ago. We were having the greatest time, but I noticed they were just putting X's and O's in different places, and I wanted to teach them a strategy of how to win, so I said, guys, I want to teach you a strategy for tic-tac-toe, and I'm showing them the strategy. I said, if you start, you want to put it in one of the corners, and then I showed them where the second move was, and I said, once you do this move, you got them beat already, and I said, you make any move you want, no matter what move they made. I said, I got you. I got you. And they're like they're they're like, "Wow, Poppy, this is great." So then they began to do it with me, and then they would do it, and then when they got me, they were just excited cuz they knew I couldn't win and they were winning. And of course, there's some counter moves if you know the game, but it was just absolutely amazing to see them learn that. But here's what they hate. They hate when it looks like this, Tic-Tac-Toe. They hate either when they lose or when it's a tie. They just do not like that at all. And yet, when I say God works outside the lines to realign our life, imagine that your life was this tic-tac-toe board. Here's what God will do. Take a look at this next picture. That's what God will do. Now, we would call that cheating. We would call it cheating, right? But God doesn't cheat. He doesn't break laws in a bad way, but he can literally supersede the laws of nature, and he can cause us to win. You and I, we, we don't have the ability to go outside the lines. We can't in our everyday life. We cannot get outside the lines, but God's able to do it. So one of the things I want to establish up front, God works outside the lines. He can supersede anything to realign our lives, is I want to make sure we understand that God is not the bad guy. And God's not the one bringing bad into our lives. And that's really important for us. And uh, many of us have heard so many different things. We're not sure what to believe. And I hope to help you understand what, sh- what to believe from, from, from this message today. And I just want to show you the five places that bad things come from. All right. So if you have something bad in your life, it's coming from one of these places. Here's number one, our enemy. Our enemy, we call him the devil. We call him Satan. He's, he's actually real. The Bible teaches us that he's brilliant. He's been around forever. He was created in the beginning, so he knows way more than we do. And the Bible teaches us that he literally will bury landmines in our path, and, and he's just hoping we, we step on him. He's always trying to mess our life up. He influences people to come against us. He is the bad guy, right? But then bad things also can come from a broken earth. And a broken earth is why we have earthquakes and uh, volcanoes and hurricanes and tornadoes and forest fires and floods. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible says the earth began to die. And don't worry, according to the Bible, Jesus will make a new one before it dies. So it's still going to be here. Are you guys all excited about that? But it's broken and it has all kind of mess ups that it does. Here's number three, bad choices. And you and I make bad choices, and they can cause some troubles in our life. You could never say this at a funeral, but the reason that poor young man went home early was a bad choice of driving while intoxicated. You can't say that, but that's why it happened. And, and so you and I make bad choices all the time, right? And unfortunately, it can cause bad things. Here's, here's number four, bad people. And in our relationships, sometimes we get into relationships with the wrong people, and, and they bring bad things into our life. They bring pain into our life, right? Uh, there are bad people that try to steal your identity, bad people that try to steal from you, bad people that try to do all these things. And so some of the problems in our life are from bad people. And then here's the last one, imperfect people. And that includes us, right? There are some. Sometimes I do things that are just I can't believe I did them, but they caused me problems. And sometimes my imperfections cause you or someone else problems. And I make a mistake that harms somebody else. And we all have done that. And God doesn't hold us accountable when it wasn't purposely. So don't worry about that. That's where bad things come from. And God is not causing any of them. As a matter of fact, when I watch an action movie, I have, the only action movies I like are when the good guy is never pumbled. He's never down. He's always up the whole movie. He's just kicking everybody's dupa, you know? And uh, my, fa- my favorite action movie right now is The Equalizer. And it is amazing. Equalizer 2 came out this summer. If you haven't seen one or two, amazing. Denzel Washington is amazing in this. I went to see it this summer, and they were given Equalizer 2 ball caps, and I had to have one. I said, I'll take one of those. I wear my EQ everywhere, you know? And I just love that hat. But he's the kind of superhero I like, because if you've ever seen the show, he is, nobody ever hurts him at all. He's hurting all the bad guys. And God is the equalizer. He's not the one causing trouble. He's the one equalizing your life and helping you. God works outside the lines to realign our lives. And God talked about this in James chapter 1. It's amazing he said, guys, and these guys were going through the worst times ever. These five things were all happening. They were coming from five different sources. And God says to them, listen, you got all these bad things, and then you have the enemy tempting you and trying to get you to go off path. And he said, I want you to know up front, I never bring evil into anybody's life, and that is not me. And after he says that, he says this in James 1:16. He says, so don't be misled, dear brothers or fellow Christians. Listen to verse 17. But whatever is good and perfect comes to us from God, the creator of all light, and he shines forever without change. This is an incredible chapter. God's the good guy. God works outside the lines to realign our life. And sometimes we don't know exactly why something happened. Sometimes we might say, God, where, where were you? I'll share a story about that before we close today. But I want you to know he is not the one causing it. And that's what Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says. Listen to this. It says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And I just want you to see this first part. When something bad happens in your life, God gets in there, and he's working for your good. Did you notice the phrase, all things? All things means good things, bad things, things in between. And sometimes our life is kind of humdrum, like it's like nothing really is happening at all. But here's what God wants to do. He wants to get in there. No matter what's happening, good or bad, he wants to get in there and work for you. He wants to do something amazing. And, and this word, work, it's an incredible word. It's, it's the Greek word, synergeo, and it's the, exactly the same definition as our English word, synergy. And we love when two things work together and there's synergy. And I just want to give you the definition. It means this. It means the interaction or cooperation of two or more organizations or substances or other agents. In our case, it's us and God, us and God. God God's going to work outside the lines to bring good into our life. It goes on to say to produce a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. I could just drop this, drop the mic and say, there you go, right? Because here's what it's saying, guys. God gets involved. God's greater than we are. God can supersede nature. We can't. And God says, I'm working. I'm coming into your life, and it's you and I, and you're not by yourself, and I am causing everything to work out for the good. That's who God is. And I just want to read this one more time. Listen, Romans eight twenty eight says, and we know that in all things God works, and I love this, for the good. He's not doing bad. He's doing good. God's the good guy. We have five sources where bad things happen. God's the good guy. And some of you might be sitting here saying, well, I read in the Old Testament, God did some you know, bad things in the Old Testament. Well, yeah, I, I see some of those verses too, but listen... You're living in a whole other age. The Bible calls this the church age or the age of grace. And do you know that during this age in which you and I are living, from the resurrection of Jesus till the second coming of Jesus, that God is literally not bringing judgment on anybody? He's not bringing... He will bring judgment in the future. Yeah, He will. He did in the past. But right now, it's the grace of God age. And you know what God's doing? He's reigning on the good and the bad. God is not in that judgment place and you and I, we have to understand when something bad happens, it's not God. It's like, you know, I, I remember years ago there was a bunch of hurricanes all at the same time, one after another in, in, in the United States. And a preacher came out and he said, God's bringing judgment on the U.S. And I'm like, oh, please don't say that. That's, that's not God. That's nature that's messed up. And some years a lot happens, some years it doesn't. But here's what you want to understand God is the good guy working the good in our lives. Will there be a judgment day? Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. It's, it's going to happen in everybody's life. But right now, God is working good. And how about especially for Christians? He's working good in your life, right? So what's the, what's the qualifications? What do you have to do in order for this to happen? Listen to this one more time. It says this, Romans eight twenty eight. For we know that in all things, God works for the good. Here, here's two qualifications. For those who love him and who are called according to his purpose." Now that phrase, called according to his purpose, it's, it's an amazing phrase. You can look it at, look at through the whole New Testament. It just simply means this, when you accepted Jesus, the Bible says you were called and separated unto God's purpose. It just means to accept Christ or to be born again. And anybody that's accepted Christ, you are called according to his purpose. And then we ask you a question, have you ever met a Christian that doesn't love God? because I've never met a Christian that doesn't love God. I've met Christians who aren't living for God, but they still love him. I've never met a Christian that doesn't love God, because I mean, he saved us, and we go to heaven not by our works, but by his grace, and so you're qualified if you've accepted Christ, but you might say, can I hinder it? Can I stop God from doing good? I really believe you can, because I would bring some other principles in, you know, I think if you walk around blaming God for everything and you walk around really negative, I think you can hinder God from doing what he wants to do. And, and I think we need to begin to notice and, and begin to understand and get our minds changed. God's the good guy. He's not the bad guy. And when we're going through a really bad time, even if we're not sure how to put it, where to put it on a shelf. Here's what we need to do. We need to say there's one thing I know. God's working outside the lines to realign my life. God is the one that's going to bring good into my life. God did not bring bad into my life. And I really believe that trust and that faith gives God that green light to do so many incredible things in each and every one of our lives. Can I finish with what the psalmist said? I love it. Psalm 103 verse 6 says this. God makes everything come out right. He puts victims back on their feet. God's the one that causes everything to work out right. I want to take a moment, all our campuses, guys, can we take a moment and can we just thank God? Can we just say, thank you, God, that you're good. Thank you, God, that you're the one that puts everything together right. Thank you, God. He's awesome. He's awesome. So I want to give you a Bible example of God intervening. And this one is, in my opinion, is the best that you could ever have. It has to do with Joseph in the Old Testament. Joseph his dad loved him. Uh, Joseph had the, this just cushy, cushy life, but his brothers were jealous. And so they sold him to slave, slave sellers and, and traders. And these guys took him to Egypt, and they sold him into slavery. And his brothers are the ones that did it. And so he is purchased by Potiphar, who uh, is the captain of Pharaoh's guard. And here's what happened. This is, Potiphar takes him home, and the Bible says, and God caused Potiphar to show Joseph favor, and he made Joseph the one that runs his whole house. He gave him a pad and a pen and said, baby, you're running everything. And the Bible says God then blessed the hands of Joseph. Now, he's still not living the best life, right? He's still not a free person, but God intervened. God intervened and saw to it that he was going to bring good out of that mess. Well, then Joseph is doing everything great, but Potiphar's wife thinks he's cute, and she keeps saying, hey, let's hang out together, and he's saying no, and she's begging him, and one day she corners him. She says, let's hang out together, and he says, are you crazy? You're married. I'm not going to do it, and he runs away. She grabs his coat while he's running, and then she goes to her husband and said, Joseph tried to force himself on me. Yikes. Yikes. If I was the husband, I'd come home pretty mad too, wouldn't you? He had him thrown in the king's prison. Now, the king's prison is not just the prison as you and I know it. It's where the people the king hated went. They waterboarded you a couple times a week. There was torture. It was an awful place. Can you imagine what the warden would have been like? He would have been a crazy person. Well, Joseph gets thrown in there, and here's what the Bible says. not making it up. That the warden looked at Joseph, and God caused him to favor Joseph. And he literally did this. I'm, I, I know I'm ad-living, but it's what happened. I'm just making it more fun. But here's what, here's what he did. He said, here's the keys to my office. You're running to prison. There's the, there's the code to my computer system. He said, I'm going, I'm going golfing. And he went golfing. The Bible says he literally allowed Joseph to run to prison. God intervened. He intervened. And then Pharaoh had this crazy dream, and it really troubled him. All the spiritual leaders, uh, all the wisest people could not figure the dream out. And then someone said, hey, I know this guy. He's in your prison, but he can interpret dreams. So now Joseph is standing before the king of Egypt. The king of Egypt tells him the dream, and Joseph says, I know what that means. We're going to have seven years of plenty like you've never seen. And then there's going to be seven years of famine. And then Joseph says, if I were you, I would store all the food, all the grain you can during the seven good years so that when the seven bad years come, your people will have all they need and people will come from everywhere around the region to buy off you. And Pharaoh, the Bible says God caused him to favor Joseph, right? He looked at Joseph and said, You're going to be second in command in the whole kingdom. Can you imagine? He went went from slave to second in command. Can we all agree God intervened? And then his brothers came when the famine came. They came to buy some grain. They didn't recognize him, but he recognized them. And then eventually he revealed himself to them. And they're like, oh no. They're like, Joseph, have mercy on us. We were just kidding. We looked for you for a year. We couldn't find you. You know, we just wanted to scare you a little bit. Joseph says, guys, Don't even worry. And here's a famous statement. He said this in Genesis 50, verse 20. As far as I'm concerned, brothers, God turned into good what you meant for evil. For he brought me to this high position I have today so that I could save the lives of many people. God didn't do it. But what did God do? God turned into good. Who did it? What you meant for evil. God intervenes. God works outside the lines to realign our life. Can you all agree he realigned Joseph's life and he also did something really big with his life and God wants to do that in every single one of our lives. So I thought of two scenarios and a couple stories to tell you. Here's the first one. I like this one. God's working while we're working. You know, we need to do everything we know to do in in our lives and, and, and while we're doing that, we don't see it, but you know, God's, even in the good times, he's working behind the scenes as you do everything you know to do he's working in your behalf and here's a cool story my brother Jim it just happened just Maybe six months ago, he wanted to sell his house and and downsize to a condo. So he had his house listed, and then they begin to look for condos. And his wife was by herself, and she was just driving into this condo community. And there was one that was listed. So she's going to see the one that's listed, but she sees a guy on his drive as she's going to it. So she stops, opens her window, and she says, "Hey," she says, "Do these condos have?" basements. And the guy stops. He walks down. He says, yes, they do. And he says, why are you looking? She said, we're looking. He says, well, mine's not up for sale, but we're moving in two months, and we want to sell this baby. He said, why don't you bring your husband back and uh, take a look? So they, Jim and Judy come back that night, and they go to the front door, and they ring the doorbell, and the owner opens the door, and the owner's mouth drops, and he just goes, Jim. And then Jim's mouth drop, and and Jim goes, uh, Ron. And these guys knew each other because Ron has been in our building for 20 years. Every time we have a phone or IT problem, Ron would come in and and fix it. He was part of the company that we used. And so they hit it off right away. And then Ron, he was meticulous like Jim. And I'll give you an example of what meticulous means. Um, If you were to move my TV and look at all the wires behind it, they would be all jangled together. Like, I mean, they... You would, it would take you forever to untangle them, I and mean, I don't even care, right? But if you look at Jim's, everything's wrapped and everything's tied. It's, it, every wire, it's color-coded and labeled, and it's amazing. Guess what? Ron's exactly like that. So Jim's going through the house, and, and they were meticulous. The house or the condos, everything they wanted, Jim and Judy bought that condo. And uh, here's why I share the story. God was working outside the lines. God made those lives connect, and they may have never connected. Jim and Judy might have got something else before that time, but he's always working in your behalf. And so, Instead of being negative and saying, I don't know if anything's going to happen. I don't know if this is going to work out right. Begin to say, man, God's working outside the lines. He's realigning my life. He's lining my life up. He's bringing everything together. He's the synergy in my life. He's going to make it happen. Here's my, my, my second thought, and it goes like this. God's working when it looks like he's not working. And we all get into those situations like, God, I'd be a little more timely if I were you. This is taking a little while, right? You've thought it, I've thought it, I've said it. So, so uh, I'm gonna tell you a story. I, I ran it by my wife, because it's hers, and I wanted to make sure it was accurate, so I, I, I'm sharing an accurate story um, with you, and I wanted to make sure she, she was okay with it. She said, oh, I want you to share it. And I've shared it once or twice, but it's been a long time, and it fits perfectly. And there's a a backstory to it. But Gina no longer jogs for cardio. She does some other things for cardio. But back when this happened, she was jogging. She'd jog an hour a day. She'd pray while she jogged. This day, she decided to go an hour and a half. She's going a little bit out of our neighborhood and running some other places. And as she's running, a dog just darts out. It knocks her on her back. It goes for her neck. She goes like this, and the dog takes a chunk, I mean a big chunk, out of her arm. So let me back up now and tell you, uh, one backstory. It's an amazing story. There's a lady going to work that morning. She drops just a little coffee on her blouse. She thought, I'm going to go back and change. She goes back to change. As she's driving down the street, she sees Gina jogging toward her. And so she has to stop because another car's coming. She waits, and then she goes around Gina. She gets back in her lane. She looks in her mirror, and she sees that dog attack Gina. She jumps out of her car, this little lady running and screaming, and and the dog looks up to see what's going on. Gina can then get her pepper spray. She sprays the dog, and she's okay. The dog runs, the lady comes. And so when I'm driving to the hospital, because an ambulance came to take her to the hospital, I'm driving to the hospital, and and the thoughts were hitting my mind like, God, she was praying for an hour and a half. you should have did a little protecting there. I mean, she's doing you a favor, releasing you in the earth to do great things. And I'm like, I'm just, that's what's going on in my mind. And, and I'm like, oh, come on, God. She was praying. She prays. And, and uh, you know, but then when I began to hear that backstory, I didn't hear that till a little later. I was amazed how God even when it looked bad, God was working, right? He was working even when it seemed like he wasn't working. He got that lady there just at the right time. But then I shared the story Gina. She said, you have to share the other part. I said, I've never shared the other part. says, I want you to share the other part. And I said, honey, I never say anything that makes you look bad ever. And she says, I want you to share it. So I have to share it because she wanted me to share it. So don't get upset with me because I'm sharing it, right? So, so uh, when Gina would go jog, she'd go early in the morning. It was still dark. And I'd say, honey, you should not dark. You should not jog in the dark. You should just not do that. And I gave her a couple of reasons. They're, the neighborhood she would run into, they were building some homes. And so you have those white panel construction vans with no windows. And I said, sometimes we don't know who's in those vans and you shouldn't be out that early jogging. And then I said, people leave their dogs out. They figure no one's out. The dogs are out. And I said, gonna have a lot more dogs out at that time than other times. And then we have coyotes in our neighborhood. And I said, honey, coyote's gonna see you running by and think... I think I can take that little thing. <laughs> She'd make a great breakfast, right? And, and I, so I gave her these reasons, but she never listens. She never listens to me. And I say, honey, don't do it, don't do it. And then she has pepper spray, but she puts it in this little pocket thing. And I said, honey, you have to have that in your hand the whole time because a dog's going to come at you unexpectedly. You're not going to say, wait a minute, let me get my pepper spray. It's not going to happen, right? And that day, if she would have had that pepper spray, boom, she would have been able To get that dog before that dog got her. Now you know what she—if she had her pepper spray in her hand—that still could have happened. I just learned I'm not blaming God. I don't know why some things happen. But here's what I know: You guys ready? God works outside the lines to realign our life. And I want to give it up. Can we give it up one more time in every campus? Can we just thank God for who He is and what He is, and what He does? Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Father, I did my best. Uh, to teach this part of the Bible. And uh, Father, as our heads are bowed, we're thankful. We're just so thankful. And Father, some like me, they may have to make an adjustment and say, you know what, Lord? Forgive me for blaming you. And from this point on, I'm going to expect you to do what you do, work outside the lines. You're the God that works for my good, and I'm going to begin to expect that. I'm going to begin to speak that forth. And I'm not going to blame you for something you're not doing but I'm going to trust you to fix it. And Lord, all of us just make that decision today. And we thank you so much for who you are and what you are and what you do in our lives. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Every campus, we're still in an attitude of prayer. Maybe you walked in today and you weren't sure of your eternity. Maybe you weren't even sure if God existed. And that's all fine. You walked in and I just want to share this incredible news with you. And the incredible news is, God sent his son to redeem you, to save you. And the Bible says you can't work for it. The Bible teaches us that all we have to do is believe that Jesus is the Savior and accept him as Savior. And if you can't remember a time or day in your life where you did that, why not today? And listen, we live in a post-Christian nation and time. That means everybody has heard the name of Jesus, but not everybody has accepted him. Everybody knows who he is intellectually, but we're talking about receiving him and accepting him in your heart. Jesus said, whoever calls on my name, I'll say them. Can you remember a day when you called on his name said, Jesus, I believe you're the your only way to heaven, and I accept you as my savior today. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're listening, any campus, you say, that's me. Maybe you're watching live stream. You're all by yourself. That's me. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else, can we help them pray? And Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. And this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe God raised you up out of that grave. I believe you're the only way to heaven. And this day, I accept you as my Savior and make a decision to follow you. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, listen, guys. If you prayed that a miracle happened, I I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. God literally washed your sins away, gave you the gift of eternal life. You've become a child of God. Heaven's your future destination.
0: It's amazing.
1: But yet you may not have felt a thing, but it happened.